easy isn't bad. Try to find the easiest way to get things done. You know, with the understanding that the job has to be done correctly. But if there's an easier way to do things, that's the better way to do it because it tends to be cheaper. It tends to be easier on staff and on myself and, and everything. So don't shy away from the easy ways of doing things unless the easy way is a shortcut. Welcome back to Chat with Leaders, where we amplify the voices of leaders who use business and influence as a voice for good. We believe it's their example that will have a tremendous impact on our next generation of servant leaders who will carry us forward into our bright, sustainable future. On today's episode, Jeff Bond chats with Patrick Plonsky, Executive Director of Books for Africa, the world's largest shipper of donated text and library books to the African continent. Books for Africa has shipped over 54 million books and served every African country since 1988 with an annual fiscal impact exceeding $30 million. Pat talks to Jeff about the challenges of running a logistics business with international complexities, balancing ambitious growth goals while consciously creating a culture where your workforce feels they have a strong work-life balance, and his hope for positively impacting future generations. Let's jump into this conversation with Patrick Plonsky. Over to you, Jeff. We are here at Books for Africa with Pat Plonsky, the Executive Director of Books for Africa, and we're so excited to dive into how you and your organization are using influence as a force for good. Well, thank you. Glad to have you here at our warehouse and happy to be on your show, Jeff. Absolutely. It's great to be here. And for those that can't see the background, we've got a busy warehouse today with busy people packing books, getting shipped to Africa. So it's great to be here in person with you. I wanted to ask and start with your origin story. Your founder, Tom, talked about your company being a simple one, doing simple things. But what is the profound impact that you're having with how you're delivering books to Africa today? Well, Yes, we are a simple organization. We we deliver books to Africa. We are, in fact, the world's largest shipper of books to Africa, shipping over 35 million books over 34 and a half years and serving every single country on the African continent. So it's a huge impact. But the, the mission is quite focused, quite simple to provide books. And so within that simple mission lies all the complexity of how do you get those books to those places and uh, how do you make sure that you get the right books to the right people? How are you financing it? Uh, You know, finding new partners, uh, reconnecting with old partners. So there's a lot of complexity within that very simple mission of delivering books. Yeah, and I'm very interested in unpacking that complexity with you today. I did want to start by just giving our listeners an overview of the scale of your operations and how it's grown during your time here. Well, we uh, our goal is to send 4 million books this year alone. Last year, we sent 3.2 million books. And so our part of the secret to our success is always seeking to do more, to, to send more books, to expand on the growth, to try to do it to do it better. So we're doing the same thing, but always trying to do it better, more expansively. And um, we started, uh, when I started 20 years ago, we were in a small uh, donated warehouse in St. Paul, Minnesota. And, uh, you know, had to take a freight elevator. Every pallet moved uh, when books were donated, 
it moved into this basement by this ancient freight elevator. This building was over 100 years old. Was that a church building, if I recall correctly? The church basement's where it started, and then we got this donated warehouse space, and which was nice, but uh, not quite um, as elaborate as this warehouse that you see behind us now. And so it was um, a very rudimentary operation. And in fact, our warehouse manager here, I joke with him, he and I both uh, worked in that warehouse. And so we know how you can get by with very little. And this is a much more uh, luxuriant warehouse, if I can say that, a lot more capacity. And so uh, when we run into difficulties here, I always say, well, if we could make it work in that uh, Jack's building in St. Paul, we can make it work here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Those humble beginnings are always good to remember. And uh, I know that you've grown quite a bit. So how many internal stakeholders do you have at this point? Yeah, there's probably there's something like 15 employees, some part-time, some full-time, a number of contractors, uh, board of 15 to 20, and then uh, thousands of volunteers here in Atlanta, uh, something like uh, 8,000 volunteers in any given year and volunteers all around the world uh, receiving books and donating money and, and books and everything. Wow. Well, you have certainly grown quite a bit along the way. One of the things that we love to touch on here is the journey and the wisdom that you've gained over the course of the 20 years that you've been at it so that we can then leave that to the next generation. So what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned over the 20 years you've been doing this with Books for Africa that's shaped your worldviews? So, so many lessons uh, learned. Uh, I think the biggest lesson probably, whether you're running a nonprofit or a for-profit is that easy is good. Easy isn't bad. If Try to find the easiest way to get things done, you know, with the understanding that the job has to be done correctly. But uh, if there's an easier way to do things, that's the better way to do it because it tends to be cheaper. It tends to uh, be easier on staff and on myself and, and everything. So, uh, you know, don't, don't shy away from the easy ways of doing things unless the easy way is a, is a, is a shortcut, uh, that, that doesn't deliver, um, what needs to be delivered, you know, high quality books to Africa. Uh, but I think in society, a lot of times we say, well, it's gotta be hard. And if it's not hard, we're not doing it right. And, and sometimes there's, things are hard, but uh, sometimes it's like, well, wait, do we have to, are we making this harder than it needs to be? And so, uh, you know, we managed to run a huge logistical operation all over the globe on 15 employees and donated staff, uh, you know, and, and donated books. We are one of the few organizations in the world that's managed to do that. Um, and, uh, many tried And the second lesson is, uh, because you were able to do it yesterday, doesn't mean you're going to be able to do it tomorrow. Uh, when I started 20 years ago, there were a number of organizations that did what we do. Uh, two of them that were very prominent, uh, couldn't make it go. They went bankrupt. Um, they, they, for a variety of reasons, they, they were good organizations with, uh, achieving good things, but they, they weren't able to keep it going. Things changed and, um, that was the end of it. And, uh, th that happens. And so I think, uh, one always has to ask oneself that question is, 
um, uh, is our model viable? Is it still viable? You know, it was viable 20 years ago, 10 years ago, one year ago. Is it viable now? And is it viable in the near future? You know, and you ask those questions when you're thinking of ex, you know, extending your lease on a warehouse right. in Atlanta or or Minnesota or something. So I think that's the second question is always to ask that that question of viability. Um, other things are just, um, you know, I think just uh, predictability is is good to the extent that you can, uh, you know, get funding streams that are predictable. Uh, partnerships that are predictable, ongoing relationships, those kinds of things are important. So I guess that would be the third thing is if you can build some level of predictability into your model, it's, it'll be helpful for you. Last but not least is luck. Uh, I, I, I think it was said of a, about a Napoleonic general once that uh, he was lucky. And uh, usually, um, as much as we want to, 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 attract, connect so much with our skill uh sometimes um you have to be lucky in this business and of course with the understanding that sometimes we make our own luck uh yeah. you know you got to be good to be lucky but um there is an element of luck to it and taking advantage of of luck when good fortune comes to you you take advantage of it so sometimes luck comes to those who are ready to receive the luck yeah, and I love what you said about that the harder way isn't always the better way. Ask how your systems can be easier. That's something I'm wrestling with in my business now. I also understand that it takes some luck uh, and that you're a humble leader indeed, but it also takes all that intentionality for you as a leader to center your mission on core values, purpose, mission, and then cast that out to your staff and your stakeholders and then use your collective influence as a force for good. I did, uh, before we go back to operations, want to touch on the part of you talking about getting your partners and your stakeholders aligned, uh, your board aligned to the best uh, to be the best stewards of your resources. So talk to me a little bit about how you've been able to successfully build a strong culture and relationship with your board that catalyzes your growth. Yeah, well, our board is really good. We work closely with the African diaspora, and uh, our board, uh, about half of our board is uh, members of the African diaspora, and they bring um, important things to the table. Every board member needs to bring something to the table. Uh, and so whether it's knowledge of Africa and, and connections, whether it's money, whether it's, you know, uh, delivering books because of a relationship or, you know, being a CEO of a book company or being an attorney, you know, everybody on the board delivers something. Um, and and that's, I think, important. I think um, it's also important that um, um, that the the you know, there be camaraderie with the board, uh, that, that they feel a, a sense of kinship with the mission and that they enjoy the mission. You know, is our, our board members like to go to meetings because they're fun. Uh, they, they find them enjoyable. The topics are, you know, the, the work that we're doing is enjoyable and the, the camaraderie with the people is important. And I think that's important with staff. I think that's important with board. And I think that's important with donors. So, you know, an event like this uh, that we're having, in about an hour here at this warehouse uh, is a donor warehouse party. And it is a party. Um, 
you know, and so the donors and the volunteers and the, the board and the, some staff uh, and, and uh, board members will be here. And everybody just sort of interacts and uh, good things always happen, I find. Uh, when you build excitement with any organization, good things always happen. That's true with any organization I've been connected with. Wow. So how often do you hear that board meetings are fun? You know, my, my family just recently went to see a Savannah Bananas game. I don't know if you've seen them, but it's a baseball team that's all about making their fan experience fun and putting on a show. And lo and behold, they ended up winning the championship game in their league. So it's just a good lesson learned that business doesn't always have to be so serious, that you can actually have fun. You can build community. You can build stakeholder engagement that that values one another, that treats each other like family and can cut up and, and all that good stuff. And, and now you're also a leader that's valuing your board and their insights. And, and I think that that's a really important lesson learned about how you build a great culture. The Books for Africa Warehouse Band will play today. And uh, how many warehouses have a band? Uh, we right. say we have the best warehouse band in the business. And so uh, the, the members of the band are uh, staff here, and they are very good musicians in their own right. And that is something that gets them here too. And oh, by the way, in Minnesota, we also have a Books for Africa warehouse band for the Minnesota warehouse, which also uh, builds excitement and camaraderie. So uh, fun is uh, fun is good for mission. Fun is good for mission, indeed. And I love building bands within your organization. I did want to go back to the complexities. Uh, while having fun and seeking easier solutions, the reality is that the logistics and scale in which you're shipping an increase of 3.2 to 4 million books over the next year is super complex. So what are the biggest challenges that you've had around the logistics and tackling that amid this time when you know logistics is particularly challenging for everyone? Well, these are uh, trying times. They're unusual times. Things are happening in the logistics world that have never happened before. Um, you know, a container will leave our warehouse and uh, we'll be informed shortly thereafter, uh, oh, you know, we couldn't get the, get it to the port by train because the train was full or, or something like that. Highly unusual uh, things and, and then uh, bills coming in that we haven't seen before, that, that kind of thing. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we're just sort of making it up as we go along, but for us, we, we've kind of always looked at that, uh, you know, the idea of making things up as we go along, uh, and, uh, you know, changing as need be. So th these are some of the greatest logistical challenges I think that anyone has seen in, in many, many decades. And so but we just sort of keep clunking along, uh, to use the technical term. And this year, our goal is to send more books than we've ever sent before, 4 million books. And so far, so good. We're on track to do that. You just have to, I think, look at these things and uh, operate within the environment that you're in and say, okay, here's how it's going to go. Uh, here's, here's what we need to do to achieve our goal. And, and you move ahead with that. Some of the way to do that, um, I remember the first... Uh, days when I came into Books for Africa, I uh, I was pleased to learn that there were these things called freight forwarders. And so, for example, Vector is our key freight forwarder, although we, we work with uh, a few others. And the idea is to work with um, 
you know, again, to make things easy. If you work with a freight forwarder, they do a lot of things. So I don't need to. So it's like outsourcing. So by outsourcing or uh, tapping into conventional logistics uh, systems that the for-profit world is tapping into, the same as us, you're, you're able to make things easier by, by tapping into a service. And then you don't need to hire as many people. You hire a service. Absolutely. And you shared a lot about your big audacious goals and you're on track to do it, which is awesome. The growth from 3.2 to 4 million books shipped. Can you talk to me about what you've learned in your leadership about how to create balance for yourself as a leader, but also for your team that you don't just do all that growing at the expense of everyone's mental health and you know the breaks that they deserve, the rest that they need. There's a lot of pressures for leaders today to care for their people while pursuing results. So how do you manage that? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, to send 4 million books is, is strenuous. Uh, but I think to some extent we build on our successes. So we know we can send 3.2 million books. And, you know, we have good staff and to 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 work with them and say, hey, how, how can we do this? Uh, you know, I think by by bringing in um, staff and board and 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 others uh, to to get their input and their volunteers of of like okay okay if that's indeed our goal how would we do it because it is our goal and we do want to do it um, so you know the old issue of theoretically if we do the thing we say we want to do how would we do it uh, sometimes you have to ask yourself that question um, but I always say you know we're going to give it our best shot if we don't do it we don't do it I mean we're 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 going to give it our best shot. Um, and, um, and I think we will do it and, um, we've achieved other goals and we'll achieve this goal. I think, you know, the, it's complicated because you have finance, you have logistics, you have staffing, you have, uh, uh, you know, other factors, uh, public visibility, uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, all of those things are juggled. Um, the goal is to be able to sleep at night, to sleep well. I, and there, when I first started this job, it was I didn't know um, a lot of stuff. And also the finances were tighter uh, and the organization was smaller. So actually, it's easier to run a slightly larger organization or slightly larger. We were a $500,000 cash organization then, about $3 million now. So it's considerably larger. Um, still a small organization as far as these things go. But, uh, you know, when you, you get a little bit larger, you can rely on staff, uh, you can rely on uh, systems, uh, fundraising systems, you can uh, just have uh, other, it's not all on you, it still requires, you know, you don't want to crash the plane, uh, especially if it's a bigger plane, uh, but there's, I think, um, there's more fail safes built in and safety valves in a system like that. Um, things like financial reserves can, that can help you. 100%. Great point, Pat. So I did want to ask, you've had a couple decades of time to be very proud of at Books for Africa with a lot of accomplishments. I wonder when you look down the line to maybe an eventual retirement and you look back on your entire body of work and the work that's been done through Books for Africa, what is the greatest hope that you have for the impact that it will have had? My greatest hope is that... Uh, we will have been able to make a difference with the people in Africa who are reading these books. I've, I've been a great reader my whole life. And a few books uh, really were uh, transformational for me. And uh, 
you know, in all these millions of books that we will send this year alone, they're transformational books for other people. And so those recipients will, in Africa, will uh, maybe be uh, future presidents of their countries, leaders of their countries, teachers, uh, running businesses in their countries, feeding their families and, and improving their lives. And I'm a great believer in education as a preventative um, goal that prevents problems like hunger, overpopulation, environmental degradation, all kinds of problems um, that are very important and uh, need to be addressed. For me, education is a way to prevent problems before they occur. So hopefully we're helping prevent problems uh, in the future by what we're doing here today. Amen. Yes. So love the future vision, thinking about the impact that we can have generationally with the work that we're doing as leaders today, leaving this world in a better place than where we found it. We are all mere mortals on this earth, and that's one of our greatest responsibilities. So thank you for sharing that. If people wanted to learn more about your leadership, follow the good work you're doing at Books for Africa online, Pat, where would you direct them? Yeah, I would welcome people to go to booksforafrica.org or they can email uh, us as well. But uh, booksforafrica.org, uh, we, we put a lot of good information on Facebook, too. So go to our Facebook page. A lot of pictures of volunteers and uh, container deliveries, videos. Love it, Pat. And we'll certainly be including all of those links in the show notes on chatwithleaders.com. Pat, thank you so much for this opportunity to be with you today. Thanks for coming to our warehouse. Well, that wraps up another edition of Chat with Leaders. Thank you for investing your time with us today. If you haven't already, we would be grateful if you shared this episode with a friend and rated it on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts so we can pass down the wisdom from our guests to more aspiring leaders. If you're interested in launching a professional podcast to grow your business, we would love to help. Check out chatwithleaders.com for more information and feel free to reach out by emailing team at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again and go be a leader worth following.